Welcome, market participants, to another Three Things in Credit. I'm Van Hesser, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week, we bring you three things impacting credit markets that we think you should know about. Just another week observing the hurly-burly of markets. Consider these two viewpoints. The world is on the path to hyperinflation, which could lead to global societal collapse and civil or international strife. That comes from Elliott Management, founded by Paul Singer. And then there's this from Rick Reeder, BlackRock's chief investment officer of global fixed income, who says, I'm more excited going into 2023 than I've been in a really long time because we're going to have so many different opportunities. I guess we'll let markets decide. This week, our three things are, one, Powell speak. We don't think the message changed all that much, but markets sure did. We'll reiterate our view. Two, Caterpillar earnings. Remarkable. An important context for investors. And three, operating margins. It's an important marker to track. All right, let's dig a bit deeper. Powell speak. By now, you've lived through the market's gyrations during and post Chair Powell's comments and caught up with plenty of prognosticator interpretations. So none of this should be all that revelatory. But since risk markets, equities in particular, seem to struggle with the roadmap forward, it's worth reiterating our view for what it's worth. Here goes. Point one. The Fed is looking to create unemployment. The Fed is aggressively tightening financial conditions in order to tamp down overheated demand that is helping to drive inflation to higher than desired levels. Driving demand is an imbalance in the labor market where tight conditions are risking an economically destructive wage price spiral. While understandably not described this way, the Fed's goal is to create modest unemployment today in order to avoid a much larger unemployment problem down the road. Point two, the Fed is likely to over-tighten, triggering a recession. Amidst withering criticism for starting to tighten too late, you can bet the central bank will not come up short. Unleashing a shock-and-awe tightening regimen complete with an uninterrupted series of supersized hikes is a blunt force that is sure to produce collateral damage. Look no further than the housing market as Exhibit A. Yes, it is unusual to tighten so forcefully into an already slowing economy, but the very human motivating forces of silencing critics and avoiding a repeat of the mistake made by the often invoked Paul Volcker. He, of course, failed to fully tame inflation in the early 1980s. And these forces trump any attempt at a more surgical approach. Point three, the step down is in sight, but curb your enthusiasm. Tightening's bite is just beginning. Now, with Fed funds upper bound at 4%, the market believes we are well through this tightening cycle excluding, of course, whatever the Fed intends to do on the QT side. Broad consensus is that inflation is likely to fall away in 2023's second half. And the Fed suggested this week that the pace and size of hikes could very well reduce from here on out. Where we stand today, 50 basis points looks quite possible in December. That gets you to the 125 basis points forecast in the last Fed's projections. As for the impact of all of this, Tightening effects typically hit 6 to 18 months from the first hike. That was March, so we're moving into it as we speak, 
is evidenced by the chill that's come over the housing market and the earnings recession, X energy, that is unfolding. All right, on to our second thing, strong like cat. So we are, of course, in the midst of earnings season. Some of the more noteworthy themes are margins coming off of their cyclical all-time highs, the impact of a super strong dollar, and a bit of wariness about the future as we head into the economic downturn. Analysts continue to bring down 2023 estimates. EPS for the S&P 500 has reduced 6% since June, from a high of $249 a share to $233 today. Down 6% doesn't seem too bad heading into what we expect to be a recession in 2023. That said, look for that number to fall as we move forward. Then there's Caterpillar. The world's largest construction equipment manufacturer, a quintessential global cyclical. Global slowdown, housing in recession, work from home taking hold, the strong dollar impacting foreign sales, supply chain issues, mucking up production, really doesn't feel like a name to get excited about. Cat reported its Q3 earnings a week ago, and its results were, well, remarkable. Adjusted EPS up 48% year-on-year, beating the estimate by 24%. Revenues up 21%. All four segments, construction, resource industries, i.e. mining equipment, energy and transportation, think oil and gas equipment, power generation, marine and rail equipment, and financial products, all did well. Management called it, quote, a very strong quarter. So did markets. The stock rose 8% on the day of announcement, and it's up 35% from the end of September. How do we make sense of this, given the backdrop we read about every day? Well, considering my lead-in, it's not all that intuitive. So let's dig in a bit here. Let's start with an intangible. Cat's brand equity is unquestionably strong, making Interbrand's top 100 list for the 21st year in a row. That gives it something every manufacturer hopes to have in an inflationary environment, pricing power. Management says the impact of price realization and volume growth outpaced continued manufacturing cost increases. And that shows up in historically strong margins. But the company is not immune to headwinds manufacturers are seeing. Full-year margins will be at the low end or slightly below the low end of the investor day target range, says management. The headwind is primarily due to ongoing manufacturing efficiencies related to supply chain constraints, ongoing inflationary pressures within manufacturing cost, and our conscious decision to continue to invest for profitable growth. The strong dollar cost $461 million, or 3% of adjusted revenues in the quarter. Still, operating margin reached 16.2% in Q3, its highest level since Q1 2019. We have strong demand across most of our end markets, says management. Backlog continues to grow. Now, that sounds surprising to us until you think about CATS sectors, infrastructure, energy transition, and security, resources security, all driving demand for heavy equipment around the world. And its financing business, a leading indicator, remains strong. Past dues, which management notes is a good proxy for the financial health of our customers, was 2% compared to 2.41% at the end of the third quarter of 2021. There just aren't many weak spots in this story. When pressed about recession, 
Management essentially shrugged its shoulders, reiterating what they are seeing. As we sit here today, they said, we continue to see healthy demand across most of our end markets. But here's one reminder. We are still in the afterglow of supercharged, stimulus-fueled growth throughout the pandemic period around the world. Strong demand is precisely why we have 40-year high inflation and supply chain inefficiencies. This is exactly the kind of report we see when central banks have to tighten financial conditions. But it should also serve as a reminder that we don't expect economic activity to fall off a cliff in the upcoming downturn. All right, on to our third thing, margin watch. Sure, we pay attention to the usual things during earnings season, percentage of beats, updated guidance, etc. But what we really watch are operating margins. So much of what we have to figure out to dimension is embedded in corporate operating margins. We're coming off of record highs in op margins, and that reflects the excess growth injected into the economy in 2020 and 2021. Byproduct of that injection, inflation, is showing up in op margins via the top line and the expense line. The magnitude and durability of corporate earnings, the basis on which risk asset valuations rest, is embedded in op margins. So where are operating margins? Well, we're just off of record highs. In Q2, we hit 16.3% for the S&P 500, a high watermark reflecting pricing power on the part of corporates that were facing demand three to six months earlier that was flush with stimulus-aided wealth. That pricing power also reflected shortages that were commonplace. In that equation, the ability to pay on the part of customers exceeded the added costs producers were facing. Now, we're starting to see evidence of operating margins coming off of that high. In Q3, the ratio of positive margin surprises to negative surprises has dropped back to basically 1 to 1, from 3 to 2 in favor of margin beats that we saw in the first half of the year. That tells us that profitability is coming off of cyclical highs, and we saw that, for example, in the aforementioned Caterpillar report. But let's keep this margin pressure story in proper context. The downdraft is real as less productive operating leverage flows through income statements, but it's also modest, leaving operating margins well above longer-term historical averages. The estimate for 2022 for the S&P 500 is 16.3% versus the average for the 10 years prior to COVID of 13.9%. The point of this is to say that an important theme that we continue to make that the starting point for the corporate sector broadly is a strong one and one that should be able to comfortably withstand the impact of our base case, a relatively mild recession of average duration in 2023. So there you have it. Three things in credit. One, Powell speak. Priority number one is taming inflation, and that implies a strong likelihood of overdoing it. Two, Caterpillar earnings. Remarkable. Global economic activity is not falling off a cliff. And three, operating margins. Historically strong, it tells us that corporates are well positioned coming into this downturn. As always, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check in on KBRA.com for our latest research and ratings reports. 
see you next week.